and gentlemen, and welcome back to Mom's Movie Night Podcast welcome, with your host, everyone. Daniel, my mom, Nora. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are in episode 57. Wow. That's yeah. my age, I think. <laughs> 57 episodes, guys. I can't believe we've been talking about movies. Yeah. Well, we've been doing it for a long time, but this actual podcast... 57 episodes is like a lot. Yeah. Don't worry, Mom. You don't look a day over 55. <laughs> Thank you. I feel it, though. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to be discussing a, a movie that we watched. It was 1982, the movie Diner. Yes, Ooh. the movie Diner. It's well-known. It's a cult classic, but... I know a lot of people that still haven't heard of this movie. I never heard about this movie. I've never even seen it. I never, like, watched it. Never heard of it. And so I was pretty surprised. Pretty surprised by it. Yeah, so starting in the 1980s, um, this movie, it's a coming-of-age story of these Mm -hmm. college-age buddies. But the movie's set in 1959 Baltimore. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, like, oldies music. The setup is very, like, 50s diner in terms of the name of the movie. Right, right, right. These friends like to hang out at a diner, uh, and then they just kind of talk about, you know, their lives and, like, be intimate in terms of what's going on with their all's lives. And it's leading up five days Mm -hmm. before New Year's Eve. And at the end of... Those five days is not just New Year's Eve, the coming of the new year, but also a wedding of one of the gentlemen. One of the guys. So it's these five guys. I like that about the movie. It captures that 1950s nostalgia from fashion, music, um, cultural references, and it takes you back to those sock hops, jukeboxes, and poodle skirt times, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the the guys that in this movie, they're all always wearing suits and ties, uh, yeah. and I mean, it's, they look all <laughs> Even classy. Even when they get out of bed, it's like, what the hell? Yeah, it's the first thing they do is put on shoes. But this movie, as we said, it's like a coming of age story. But it was also a lot of uh, film debuts for a lot of the actors that are in it, or yeah, it was like some sure. of their first like main. Um, big movie productions. Yes. So as far as the actors in this film, we're going to go ahead and list some of them because a lot of them have become, you know, very well-renowned actors over the past few years. So you have uh, Mickey Rourke, who's Boogie. Boogie. Then you also have Kevin Bacon, who's Fenwick. Fenwick. Daniel Stern, <laughs> who we all know from Home Alone and mm-hmm. City Slickers and just a bunch of good stuff. I like his his name, Shrevy. Shrevy, yes. Shrevy, I guess it's short for his last name or something, but I mm-hmm. like that they call him Shrevy. <laughs> and then you also have uh, Tim Daly. He's probably the one that's probably the least well-known, but he's still Billy. been very prominent. He's yeah. Billy. So he's the best man that comes into town for the... For the wedding. Yeah. And then you got Paul Reiser and Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, Paul Reiser's name, Modell. I guess they go by their last name, Modell. And then Steve Gutenberg, he's Eddie. The I think Goot. he was my favorite, I think, in this movie. Well, he's the one that's going to get married. Yeah. And do you want to explain one of the caveats of him getting married? Well, that's what I liked about this movie. So, yeah, this is a group of friends who, in their, they're all in their early 20s. They hang out in this Baltimore diner that, you know, and then they like to grow well, where they grew up. And they face their problems and talk about shit. And they hang out there. That's their hangout. That's their, like, to-go place. So the name of the diner is Felt's Point Diner. At first, I wasn't sure what to make of it because they're at a party. 
and I don't know if it's a high school party or a college party, but it's at a school. And so I was like, okay, so are we talking high schoolers here or, you know, college? It looked more like a, like a VFW. It looked more like, it didn't look like a high school to me. It looked more of like a hall. You know? Yeah. But there was definitely a bunch of young people there. And, like, the girl that Kevin Bacon's, like, with that he ends She's up, very young, right? Yeah, she's yeah. in high school. She's, like, a junior. Yeah. So they're, like, just out of high school. Like, but late teens, early 20s. Kind of like, like Matthew McConaughey. Exactly. They're still, like, hip yeah. with the kids and hang out with the high schoolers. I mean, all these characters are hilarious as far as, like, what how they portray themselves in this movie like Fenwick like when it first starts you don't know what to expect they're all like I said like you said in suits and all but when they're racing down the you know the streets from going home from that while well, going to a diner from that party and Fenwick starts fucking hauling ass with this 15 year old um, girl that he had with him and he's driving a fucking convertible you know and he's going a madre and these guys are like not chasing him, following him. And you know shit's going to go down. Because he's just swerving and... Being reckless. You know, yeah. Being reckless. Yeah, madre and drunk and yanda pedo. And so I knew right there and then that there was going to be an accident, right? So then there's an accident. The car's flipped over. Fucking Kevin Bacon's all on the street, all full of fucking, you know, blood and whatever. And then the guys all, like, catch up to it. Look at the scene and they're like... Oh my god, you know, they're all worried and shit. And then fucking Kevin Bacon, Fenwick, starts busting out laughing, had ketchup all over his face and like all over himself. And he literally went and flipped his car over on its side just for the fucking fun of it. For the laugh. For the laugh. To, yeah, yeah, and all these guys. Yeah, they're pranks. They like to prank each other. Well, they've known each other for a long time. They grew up together. Yeah. It's but a... this guy really likes to outdo himself, you know? Yeah. Because first of all, he's got the money. He looks like he's a trust fund baby. Yeah. And then second of all, he, he has no direction what he wants to do with his life, yeah. you know? So these are his brothers, his friends that he's known. So yeah, he's always trying to, you know, mess with them. And sure enough, man, when they get off the car and they're like, oh my God, you know, and then he starts busting... They're like, God damn it, bro, you know? And that's one of my the funniest scenes when they get mad at him and then yeah. he feels all bad and then they don't want to help him flip the car over. Yeah. He's like, no, nah, man, you did this shit. You, you, you know, you undo it. And then he's like, oh, no, man, you know? Yeah, yeah. But then they help him out anyways because they're buddies. They're, it's a mm. buddy movie. Well, he, he says, if you guys help me flip over the car... Like, I'll pay I'll, at I'll the diner. The dinner, that's yeah. right, I'll that's pay right. at the diner. And they're like, all right, that's all you had to say, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so they go and help him. But yeah, this is the epitome of like a buddy romance. This is uh, on par with like like an American pie type of thing. Just yeah. not as like like sexual or as far yeah, as American pie is concerned. Yeah, and considering this movie was a fucking rated, uh, rated R, I was like, from what? Hopefully not. I guess from the that. language, you know, but maybe. But I hope it wasn't because of the strippers, because oh. those women look like fucking grandmas out there. Yeah, I was for like, sure. what the hell am I looking at? No. Literally, these strippers weren't like Hooter, you know, no, qualification. They were, yeah, they were like <laughs> they were old hags. Old hags, yeah, Baltimore hags. That's what they look like. I mean, sorry, ladies, but they looked old and like. They were trying too hard. Yeah, and, and there was like an empty strip club with like the one stripper. <laughs> yeah, 
It was. It was terrible. I was like, what a waste. Yeah, but I mean, as the best man, you still got to take them, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's still. And that's they ended up showing him a good time, anyways. Yeah, when we got started on jamming out. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Jerry Lee Lewis kind of thing. Yeah. Like, so yeah. while I was looking up this uh, movie, um, these characters, as we mentioned, uh, they're all like looking for something because they're, as we mentioned, just kind of out of high school, mm-hmm. early 20s, somewhere in college. And mm-hmm. they're all like, that's the theme that they're all looking for something. Mickey Rourke's character, who's like a very young Mickey Rourke. Very young, good looks, looking Mickey Rourke. Doesn't prior look to all anything. The plastic surgery he's had. <laughs> uh, he doesn't have a rubber face here. Yeah, this is the natural. He's legit natural. Yeah. Well, he's <laughs> looking for a way out from his gambling problems and, um, you know, doesn't want to get beat up or killed by his bookie so he's kind of a scheming he's always scheming he's to always try scheming. an extra make a mic an extra buck to kind of get out of a jam that he's in yeah and then you got kevin bacon fenwick who my mom mentioned he's really intelligent yeah. despite his troublemaking and his yeah. pranksterness he's looking for someone to recognize how intelligent he actually is mm-hmm. then you got daniel stern's character who's kind of looking for a connection with like his wife yeah, he's the only one here that's married. And yeah. in real life, when they filmed this movie, he really was the only one that was married oh, wow. at the time. Yeah. Well, his wife is someone <laughs> oh, that we've talked about her. in this podcast a lot, is Miss Ellen Barkin. I think this might have been her movie debut as well. Probably, yeah. Very young in this movie. So this movie really did, um, they shot him to start him. Oh, yeah, this like started their career. But mm-hmm. going back to what I was saying, Daniel Stern... He has like his dynamic with his wife Life. and them always like either fighting or fighting bickering or, or you know trying yeah. to get noticed and kind of keep the flame going. But because he's the first one that's gotten married, Steve Gutenberg's character is always kind of asking for advice and what it's like and whether it's worth it and so on, yeah. you know. <laughs> and just the way they talk about marriage doesn't make anybody seem like they want to get married. <laughs> Right, I know. They, like, don't hype it up. They don't downplay it. But at the same time, it's like, it doesn't seem all that appealing. Yeah. <laughs> but Steve Gutenberg's always like, oh, well, we've been together for, like, five years already. Yeah. It's, like, the thing to do, yeah, you know. Yeah. It just seems like that's the right path to take. Yeah, and like you were saying earlier about Eddie is that he's a big fucking Baltimore Colts fan. This yeah. movie's based in Baltimore. So yeah. he's a big fucking football fanatic so one of the prerequisites that his fiance has to do she has to pass a test yeah he fucking makes his quiz of all these fucking nfl yeah but it's like uh, it's more like an sat than a yeah. quiz it's yeah. like 120 fucking questions it has like multiple choice <laughs> true or false short answers <laughs> she has to set a certain score a get 65 a certain, yeah. a 65 in order for her to yeah, in order for him to say, okay, yeah, we're going to get married. Yeah. So, and everybody's anticipating this big event. Yeah, the parents the know about it. Everybody knows. The, everybody yeah. in the diner, everybody knows. They even fucking wager on that shit, too. Anyway, but it is so funny because he, uh, even Ellen Barkin, who was going to be in the wedding party, she's like, oh, this guy, he wants all the wedding to be blue and white for the cults <laughs> and, you know. Yeah, it's just so so funny because yeah, I could I could see that happening in these yeah. grooms that are like really okay, man. Yeah, so, I'll marry you, but <laughs> yeah. So Eddie Steve Gutenberg's character, uh-huh. he's looking for like advice, right? And then you got Paul Reiser, Modell, who 
all he's looking for is a sandwich and a ride home. <laughs> and that's what I loved about his character, you know? Right, right. He's just there for the laughs, and then he's always just looking for a sandwich and a ride home. <laughs> and then Tim Daly's character, Billy, the groomsman that comes in, the best man, he knocked up his best friend, Chick, his platonic friend that mm -hmm. I guess he's known for his whole life. and She's got a career she, shit, and yeah. she, she has no time for him as far as... She doesn't, she doesn't want any kind of, like... Help. Yeah, but she has, you know, she's gonna have this baby yeah. and he wants to be part of the life and he wants to like be in love with her and marry her, but she doesn't want to. So yeah. he's kind of, that's what he's looking for. So all these guys kind of have like their own little storyline. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I like about it because even though they're all got their own things going on, they all kind of unite Congregate. at the diner. <laughs> And you just kind of see their dynamic and... And the advice they give each other. And yeah. They, 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 and you know what was so funny? That in this movie, the producer, he actually did all the diner scenes after uh, everything else. Because he wanted the, uh, the actors to know each other. You know, the dialogue in the scenes is a combination of scripted and improvisational. Um, because those were the last scenes that he shot. Mm. Once they knew each other and, you know, they could, you know, bounce off each other and, like, well, you know. <clears throat> this movie is uh, written and directed by Barry Levinson. Yeah. He's going to get nominated for this movie for Best Writer. Right. But he's very prominent in terms of the Hollywood industry for being the director for movies like Rain Man. Yeah. In which he won an Oscar for. He did, with, for Best Director. Yeah, Best mm -hmm. with Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman. Mm -hmm. He also made The Natural. I love The Natural. Still never seen uh, it. Robert Redford, bro. Yeah, I know. It's I a see. beautiful movie. And it's a baseball movie, it too. It is a baseball I, movie. I haven't you seen like it yet. It. Um, and then you got uh, Bugsy. And then more recently, he did a um, miniseries, Dope Sick, about the opioid epidemic. Yeah. Which is a great show, if you haven't already. Uh-huh. But anyways, so yeah, so he's uh, really good as far as the content that he creates in yeah, the movies and shows. Yeah, this is his shows. movie de debut. Yeah, this is his film debut. Uh -huh. And uh, he based it off of him uh, growing up in Baltimore. Right. And but none of these characters are him. No, it's, it's all kind of like uh -huh. people that he knew, mm -hmm. friends that he had, stories that he grew up with. And he was actually influenced by Mel Brooks nice. to make this movie because he worked for Mel Brooks in the 70s as a screenwriter and helping make like some of Mel Brooks movies like High Anxiety and the silent movie, these parody movies. <laughs> and uh, while working for Mel Brooks, Brooks, he told him about how he grew up in Baltimore and the type of friends that he had. And Mel Brooks told him, like, you should probably make a movie about that, you know? And so he kind of made it. And so when he came up with the idea of making this movie, he uh, casted all these different actors. And none of them knew each other. Right. And one of the things that they did was they, uh, like you said, they wanted to make sure that they had this camaraderie that it could, like, be shown on the screen, you know? And they had them um, live in a trailer together, uh -huh. and they would call it the camaraderie camper. <laughs> and it was like a small little trailer that all of them would have to like live in. Well, it was weird because over 600 unknown actors were auditioned for these five lead roles. Paul Reisner wasn't even going to audition, but he went to the auditions with a friend of his. Uh -huh. And while he was waiting, they said, hey, why don't you come next week? You know, And he did, and he got the part. So, I mean... Well, 
like you said, a lot of the time they wanted to just have them improvise of just shooting the shit and at he's the diner. Like the best. Well, yeah, he's the best one. Yeah, like his, he's just so naturally quick witted and funny because yeah, he's, he's of all the actors, he was the only one that was actual stand up comedian. Comedian, yeah. So he really didn't have. I don't even think he had any like lines essentially yeah. like in the film, <laughs> and he's not. Of all the characters, he's the only one that doesn't have like a story arc. Yeah, that's true. He's that's the only true. one that's just seen at the diner. Uh-huh. That's why he's the only one that's like, when I said when he's looking for something, he's only looking for sandwiches and a ride <laughs> and home. And a ride home, yeah. And then you only other see him at the very end at the wedding. I love oh, the wedding speech. Or one there at the quiz. The sp- oh, yeah, he gives a speech. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He does a speech at the wedding. Yeah. And it's like a comedy, you know. Set. Set, yeah. Yeah, because he's, he's there like with the mic. and Jack yeah. about everybody. <laughs> yeah, I like that. But, I mean... It's Paul Reiser, you know, yeah. he's, he is pretty, pretty well-renowned, you yeah, know, as far as, like, his comedic performances, yeah. Mad About You, and uh-huh. recently, like, on Stranger Things, and he's had a very long career, just like a lot of these other yeah, actors. Yeah, man, they've all been up there. But, yeah, that was kind of, like, his claim to fame as far as him getting really popular mm-hmm. was in this movie. But as we were talking about, the improvisation, even though Paul Reiser was really good at it, in reading some of the interviews about this movie, a lot of the actors, um, specifically Kevin Bacon, was kind of like not really... He was really nervous about those improvisation yeah, scenes because yeah, yeah. he's, he's more of like it. a theater actor yeah. and he didn't necessarily know like how to go by just yeah. doing that. So he kind <laughs> of went in there thinking that he's just going to be like the listener, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it kind of suited his character. That character, because yeah. he's kind of quiet, but then he's a drunk, so yeah. he's always just all fucked up. But um, what I liked about this movie was the, like the little scams, you know? Like when um, Boogie, when Make he's trying, work, yeah. yeah, when he's trying to earn the money to pay back the gambling debt, yeah. and he fucking makes a bet with his friends that he's gonna, you know, lay this lady like he's gonna go out with her, he's gonna have sex with her, and they're gonna fucking. You know, watch or, or they have to like make sure that he does it for the money. They always have to verify the bet. Yeah, they have to verify the bet. So he, um, <laughs> so that scene when they're in the theater. Well, that's the first one, right? Because yeah. it was like their first date and he bet his friends that he bet that he could get her to touch his penis <laughs> on the first date, right? And I think this is where like it's a pretty probably rated R. Well, that's probably why it's rated R, but also like, um, I think it's a pretty famous prank, you know? Oh, you mean people actually did that shit after that? Well, I think it's been... I think that's what kind of oh put it out there. Oh, my God. Where that's it's like terrible. you cut a hole in the popcorn. <laughs> and that's essentially like the joke. Oh, right? that's terrible. Yeah, but that's where this that's where it comes from. Is oh, from this wow, movie. I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that people should do it or anything, but so, yeah, that's what he does so in the movie. So you cut a hole in the popcorn box and stick your penis in there. And while the girl's enjoying her popcorn throughout the movie, she reaches in and voila! <laughs> <laughs> well, she was not very happy when she... No, she was pissed. Yeah, she walked she... out all mad. Yeah. And then he went after her and then sweet talks his way yeah, back but into the Yeah, fucking date. bullshit story. I can't I believe know. it worked. Which is funny because in the diner when they're having the bet... Paul Reiser, I think, is the one that says, like, she's not the brightest, like, crayon in the box. You know what I mean? And sure enough, like, after that experience, you can kind of tell. But then one of the other 
things that he bets is like, well, on that first date, it was like to touch his penis. And then like on the next date, he was like, I bet you I could shag with her or whatever. And they're like, nah, no way. I know. So yeah, when Eddie has to um do the test, when and it's so funny because his fiance, her name is Elise. And she never comes out. They never show her face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You like, see, you hear her doing yeah. the test, and you see like her figure at the wedding. But that's what I like about it is like even though it's revolving around um, their one of their friends Eddie getting married in five mm. days, it's really about their friendships. Yes, as homies, they're changing and yeah, and has nothing up. to do with the wedding, and so they yeah. don't even show the girl, and that's what <laughs> I like about it. You know, they don't give her any shine. <laughs> But yeah, that's what I liked about it too. But that fucking test, man. Some of those questions were fucking tough, dude. Yeah, it wasn't like oh, it wasn't like, all about the how coach. much is a touchdown worth? You know what I mean? It no, was like man. who was the MVP or yeah. like a Super Bowl five or you know like, <laughs> like really obscure yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking NFL trivia. Yeah. And I was like, nah, poor girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then when she would get an answer right, it was like, yeah, you know, you're rooting for her. Yeah, but and then, then the guys are in the room. They're all keeping tabs. Yeah, they're yeah. all in the men cave. Yeah. And even the father was there. He's like, I came up with that question. Like, <laughs> I helped with that one. Yeah. You know? But even the guys were like there and they're like, I don't even know that one, you know? And it was just like, damn, that's a hard fucking test. <laughs> So what was the score? She was supposed to score 65. She, she got 62. And, she got a 63. <laughs> He's like, you think she's going to curve? We're top. Yeah, he's like, you think he's going to curve it? And then he comes out and he's like, the wedding's off. <laughs> oh, man, that was, that was fucked up. But yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I liked it. I mean, this movie, you know, it was so good because it really kind of paved the way for all the Seinfeld and all these presumably bunch of like other shows and... And fucking movies about men talking about nothing, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I was going to say is that the whole idea of just sitting there and talking about, mm -hmm. like, just mundane conversations. Right, right. And how actually hilarious and exciting that could actually be. See? Going back to what you were talking about with Larry David. But one of the other ones I could think about was, like, um, Quentin Tarantino. And, mm -hmm. like, the opening scene of Reservoir Dogs, where they're all yeah. sitting at the diner and they're just shooting the shit and yeah. whether they should tip. Or in Pulp Fiction. Well, yeah, same thing, yeah. Pulp Fiction, them sitting at the they're diner. They're just talking but and all shit breaks loose. Exactly. And that's why I, I love that, of just, like, the dialogue of yeah. people just sitting hanging. and talking hanging. and hanging. Yeah. And it's, Even in that recent movie when um, um, Eddie Murphy and Jonah Hill, when they're, he shows them over, it wasn't the diner, but it was a restaurant, and he's over here trying to, like, get talk to, to them. Parents, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes people comfortable. It's a comfort zone, you know? But I really like the diner scene, especially in this movie, because, I mean, they went retro all the way. The movie yeah. was what, filmed in 82, yeah. and they turned it all the way to 1959. And even when I saw the beginning of the diner, it reminded me of track one for some reason. Oh, yeah, the train car. So I was like, hey, this is cool. But even, like like you said, the automobiles, the trucks, 
you know? Well, yeah, they had some really cool parties. Yeah, and then what was cool about Daniel Stern's character, and, I mean, it's relatable. Like, I have my little quirks, too, of, like, how I like my records and my books and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. And that's what he had his argument with his wife with his about, wife. you know? But then it was like, well... I mean, you could tell that it was really important to him as far as, like, the music. Don't touch my shit, (laughs) woman. Don't touch my shit. Aside from that, like, he's one that's like, oh, like, he knows who the producer of the song was. Oh, yeah, he had a lot of fucking trivia. Yeah, yeah. He knew a lot of stuff. Exactly, like, you could tell that was important to him. And so the music obviously plays a lot about this as well, but... That was something that I think a lot of people can relate to in terms yeah, of Yeah, and then he's, a, he's and... an appliance salesman. So <laughs> yeah. when he starts selling that TV, you yeah. know, and he's showing them all the, you know, fucking bells and whistles on this fucking yeah. television to this man. He's like, I just want a fucking... 21-inch Emerson. Yeah, or whatever. Emerson, whatever. You know, black and white. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. don't give me that color shade, you yeah. know. And he's showing them the top brand or whatever. Yeah. And this man's like... Set in his ways, he wants a fucking Emerson. But it just seeing the TVs too was like yeah. a flashback to like one of the first TVs I remember <laughs> growing up with, with grandma and with the one where you had to like turn the dial, <laughs> and it was the like channels. the wooden like panels. Yeah, and, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Or just... even the stereos back then, there were these big old fucking cabinets like. Well, looking six feet. on the ones in the movie, it was like a TV with like a record player yeah, attached to it. Yeah, that's exactly the way, the way they like, were. what? Yeah, the TV, the, yeah, the record player was right on top. It was these consoles. I have no idea what those things were cost, but I'm sure they were pricey. Because you're talking about two appliances for the price of one. Yeah. Plus, they were all made out of fucking wood, nice wood. Yeah, no, I mean... They do a great job in, uh, like I said, retrofitting this yeah. whole set. But it wasn't like a Hollywood set. Yeah, like, yeah, it wasn't yeah. just it like two walls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And a lot of the actors were saying like that's what made the movie essentially because you're able to actually be there and there's four walls around you and you're there in the set immersed in it. Yeah. And then you also had them, like I said, living together and yeah. building up this camaraderie. And the chemistry alone is like you could definitely see it on screen yeah and even though they didn't know each other before this film i learned that that they actually became like a good portion of them like a lot of them became really good friends for the duration of their careers and stuff and i read that uh during um the pandemic they were doing a lot like kevin bacon would Zoom with Gutenberg and Riser, and you know they would kind of keep in touch mm-hmm. like throughout. That's cool. All of that, you know. Yeah. And that's cool. um, even I was listening. Uh, I when my friend was telling me that Kevin Bacon, like his Instagram, like he's such like a dad now and does yeah. like corny dad jokes and stuff. But he's just like, you know, living his life, being a dad, and just and kind his of wife. They've been married for fucking years. Like Cedric, right? Yeah, yeah. Carol Cedric, yeah. They've been married for a long time, and yeah, they come out on a lot of Instagrams singing together, yeah. and just, I mean, what a life, But dude. it's Kevin what Bacon, you know? Like, life. from this, he goes on and does Footloose, and one of the things that I didn't know about Barry Levinson, the director, mm-hmm. was um, after this, he would have a couple, that I think they called it, like, the Baltimore Trilogy. Or yeah, he had, like, three other movies yeah. set. But I didn't know that he also did one of my favorite movies. Of all time? Probably of all time. Which it's one? kind of a little darker, but 
so good. Sleepers? Oh, I love sleepers. Yeah. Yeah. And Kevin Bacon was like, I always wanted to do another movie with oh, Barry Levinson. Oh, he's the bad guy. He's one of the bad prisoners. Yeah, oh, he's that's the prison. Right. Yeah, he's always wanted. Yeah, oh, he that movie is, man. That movie's fucked else. up, man. It's, it's great, else. though. It is. It, it is great. Yeah. The, the revenge and everything. But Heavy hitters with Dustin Hoffman. Kids, you know? and, and Kevin Bacon and Brad Pitt. Look at Robert De Niro, the priest. Robert De Niro's in that. Oh, oh my man. god, dude! That Sleepers movie, that is movie is awesome. Fucking dope. I remember when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. and I I had to have been with you, and you, I watched that movie like as a little yeah. kid, and it like freaked me out just because yeah. of like the content. And, yeah, yeah. And you, you see him as a young age, and, and you can, then, yeah, yeah. You you screw up in life at a young age, and it just follows you consequences. And, yeah, man. And then you go to prison it as a juvie when. DVDs were a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like one of the first DVDs that I ever bought. Yeah. Actually, I might have it in the garage somewhere. Really? Yeah. I love that but movie. I was... mean, the content is pretty fucked up, but yet, it's like... The a, story and the yeah, acting. Yeah, the story and like... Yeah, man, it gets you in the heartstrings, bro. But that's such a good movie, right? It is. And then it that's is. why when I was like reading how like Kevin Bacon wanted to work with him again because... He thought that, you know, oh, that Barry Levinson only saw him as like a little prankster fucking dumbass yeah, kid Yeah, yeah, straight out of Animal House and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, that well, he when, he got us... this, when he got this role, Kevin Bacon was sick. Oh, yeah. He got, a, he got a flu. And when he went to audition, his illness, he was kind of like quirky and like spaced out and whatever. And so... Since his character's always drunk. Yeah, since his character's always drunk, they thought he was a perfect fucking match. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. But he's a good actor, regardless, oh my God, dude. Kevin Bacon. Oh, oh my, my God. Dude, fucking, <laughs> I could just go down the list of Kevin Bacon. Right. Movie, man. And I, I can't. But it's I'm, hilarious I'm because there's that game. That Six Degrees of uh, Separation from <laughs> Kevin Bacon or whatever. That's such a fun game. I love Kevin Bacon. Do you want to play the game? No, <laughs> I really don't know how. What? You just pick an actor, uh huh, and then you have to connect it somehow to Kevin Bacon, but you got to do it in six phases. Oh, shit. So, like, for example, if I was to say, like, uh, Snoop Dogg and Kevin Bacon, right? Uh huh. You have to connect Snoop Dogg and Kevin Bacon in some way. But you, you would only have do six it. chances? Yeah, you would be like, oh, well, Snoop Dogg was in a movie with uh, Samuel L. Jackson on Airplane. Oh, I and see. And Samuel L. Jackson was in a movie with blah, blah, blah. And, you know what I mean? And you have to, like, connect That's it so to Kevin difficult. Bacon. That's so difficult. But it's a thing, you know? Wow. You never heard of Six no, Degrees Separation no. from Kevin Bacon? But that yeah. sounds pretty funny. Yeah, because Kevin Bacon's been around for so long. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. That I'm still somehow, trying to figure out the, I'm still trying to figure out that fucking series that I liked him in that was a constant. Um, he was a detective going oh, after a serial killer. Oh, Paramount Plus. Ah, uh, what? Uh, I can't think I know of what the you're name, talking about. but oh, man, that In Boston, series, right? That series was fucking oh, Dude, fucking Mystic legit. River? Oh, with Sean Penn I mean, oh my and God, that one was Tim tough Robbins. too. No, or not even, Tim Robbins. Or even that Tim, what's other his name? one. Tim. Uh, yeah, Robbins. It's Tim Robbins, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got confused with the the fucking that one or the or... guy that does the speeches. <laughs> yeah. What's that guy's name? 
The one that does split speeches. The one from like Shallow Hal, the one that, insp- that uh, inspirational speaker. Oh, Tim Robbins. That's Tim Robbins, right? <laughs> right. So who am I talking about? The You're actor talking- from Shawshank Redemption. Tim Rip. Tim. Oh God, he's very <laughs> fucking. Oh my Susan God. Susan Sarandon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sh- Shawshank. Yeah. Tim Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be damned if they're fucking really damn the same. Anyways. <laughs> what are their names? I don't know, man. <laughs> but, but you know anyway. what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big nose guy, the therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyways, <laughs> Mystic River is another one that's like, pull the heartstrings, yeah, or, or right? Or that, um, uh, what is it? That Stir of Echoes? Stir of Echoes, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, man, that, that movie. Oh, crazy. dude. Oh, man. I love that movie. But on some of these other actors, but yeah, Kevin Bacon, great actor, right? Well, look at Steve Gutenberg. I was, I I was mean, about to talk about Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, I love Steve Bo- Gutenberg. <laughs> <laughs> Gutenberg. Oh, uh, fucking. I've never Three seen. Three Men and a Baby. Well, yeah. I love Three Men and a Baby. Three Men and a Short Little Lady. Short Circuit. I forgot he's in Short Circuit. I haven't yeah. seen that movie in a long time. But Short Circuit. I've never seen any of the Police Academy movies. None of them. Oh, dude, we got to put them on the list. I've never seen any of them. They're good. I mean, there's like four or five. There's a lot of them. Yeah, I've never seen them. Oh, no. Let's watch the first one. You know how the first one's always the best. I'll put it on yeah, the list. Yeah, we'll definitely Maybe put for it on the list. Season five. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've never seen Steve any. Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> he, um. But, um. Yeah, He's Three hilarious. Men and a Little Lady. And a Three Men and a Baby. Mm-hmm. I love that movie, you know? Right. And, um... Ah, oh, man. That should probably go on the fucking list, too, as far as, like, our podcast. Yeah, I mean, three guys, three single guys raising a little lady. Oh, man. Oh, man, Dude. that's some good stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ted Danson, I'd still see him on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Hilarious. Ooh. Anyways, but I wanted to reference... This one particular episode of this show called Party Down. Oh, yeah. I love Party Down. Where they're, the whole premise of that show is like they're actors or wannabe actors, but they have to work in like a catering company to pay yeah, their yeah, bills. Yeah. Right? And so every episode is them like setting up for these Hollywood parties or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And there's one in particular where they Go cater Steve. for Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> But he plays himself yeah. as the Goot Gutenberg, <laughs> you know? And it's just so raunchy, and he's just so, like... Asshole? Like, borderline, but more... Like, he's not at all what you would think he would be like. And it just makes the whole episode, like, fucking hilarious, you know what I mean? I gotta check it out. But I that one particular episode of the Goot, you know what I mean? Because it's just so much after, like... The latter end of his career. He's not yeah. even, I think he might even be retired from acting and he's uh-huh. just living the life in Hollywood or whatever. And he he's not even having a party. That's the thing. It's like he's just it's just him and then like And they all set up and everything. Yeah, and yeah. Just him? yeah, and it's well yeah, it's I haven't seen the episode in a while, but I just remember it being very funny. And check it out, gotta check it fucking out. Fucking the Goot man, the Gutenberg. But <laughs> yeah. Hilarious actor, you know. Paul Reiser, as we said, did Mad About You with Helen Hunt. Who's yeah. making her uh, appearance at Here the Here at the Plaza. Plaza. What are they going to fucking show? Well, it's Tornado. Twister. Oh, Tornado. 
Man, these are going down good. I'm like, damn. I meant Twister, but I said Tornado. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, so. We're going to go ahead and do the celebrity net worth. Let me do my budget thing. Do your budget thing. Budget. Budget for this movie, 1982. Five million. It fucking did 14.1 million in the box office. So it fucking made pretty good money. It's not bad. But yeah, all these guys in this movie. But like I said, it was also. Shot to stardom. The, it was nominated for an Oscar as mm-hmm. far as the best writing for Barry Levinson. You yeah, know? and a lot of people really appreciated the fact that it was this up and coming, um, growing into adulthood kind of, you know. With unknown actors. Yeah. That's the, the thing. Is like, a lot of people will look at this movie and be like, what? Has this guy? Has this guy? Has this yeah. guy? But like in 1982, no one fucking knew any of these people. How you know weird. What I mean? How weird. Yeah. Because now they're well known all over the place. Yeah. Not only that, but like incredibly successful. Oh, right? yeah. I'm going to give you how much the net worth of Barry Levinson is, the director. He's still alive? Yeah, he's still okay. alive. Okay. He's worth $150 million. Wow. Does he get credits? Because this, this, um, this movie was made into a musical. Well, after this movie was made, they tried to make a sitcom. Yeah, I heard of, about like that. Or like a drama series. A pilot. Like a pilot based off of the same characters. Yeah. But they wanted to do it with the wives complaining of their husbands being at the diner. <laughs> And it was going to star, like, Alan Barkin and Paul Reiser, and it was going to be a thing, but mm-hmm. it just never caught on. But isn't that funny? Yeah, and I heard that, um, uh, what's his name from, ah, oh, man, our favorite movie, um, Star. Kurt Russell? No, no, um, Glasses. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> Uh, James Spader. James Spader. He's in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> in the dancing scene or whatever. See, right? Yeah. I thought I recognized him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, yeah, it, this actually turned into a musical in 2013, and it fucking featured music by Sheryl Crow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Sheryl yeah. Crow. I love Sheryl This Crow. is a very prominent movie that a lot of people that I know don't know about it. I don't yeah. know if because it doesn't relate with like the Hispanic culture or yeah. what, like in terms of like why a lot of people didn't watch it right. within the region that we're at. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine like in the fucking East Coast. I don't think they would have showed this movie at the Scott at the Drive-In. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and it yeah. probably didn't, wouldn't fare well here in the Hispanic population as far as the theaters at the time. I don't know. So maybe that's why. But yeah. I mean, people that were out there, you missed a good one because this is a good movie. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. really was. I was shocked to know the actors that were in it. I was shocked that I really could relate to them. And I was really. I, I liked some of the pranks, like that Kevin Bacon, um, uh, Benwick scene when he's, he's always drunk, he has no direction. So he's always drunk and he's there at the church looking at the, the nativity scene. <laughs> that was terrible. Nativity. And he's just there getting all fucked up watching baby Jesus in his little you yeah. know, manger. Well, he and sees then, that someone stole Yeah, he way. sees that somebody stole the, the baby, baby and he's like, oh, he's so upset. 
So what does he do? He fucking strips down to his little boxers and then gets on the little and cradle. He, and he becomes Jesus. <laughs> and he becomes Jesus. <laughs> and then all the friends are like, uh, yeah. hey, Fenwick's in trouble. He goes, yeah, gets yeah, him yeah. from the diner and they go and he's like, ah, leave me alone. He's all fucked up, drinking in the little manger there with the little cradle. But and it's like, What I can appreciate <laughs> as being, you know, someone that grew up and I'm very fortunate to have a lot of childhood friends that I still keep in touch with. Oh, to that's this what I love day. about you, Mimo. You know, is that Well, besides the fact that I'm your mother, but oh, yeah. I love all your friends. Oh thank you. I can't believe you still hang out with them. And they're like first graders, like okay. Yeah, they're like people that I've known since like <laughs> elementary school, middle school, you know. And we've all kind of gone through a lot of what yeah. these people have gone through as oh, far yeah. as like getting Marriages. married for the first time and yeah. all that stuff and you know and it's just you're so privileged son I think in terms of having friends like that you yeah. know and I think that's what this whole movie is about is like so regardless you really could relate to it huh yeah like regardless mm-hmm. of you know what's going on in your life you always have like your homies yeah. and your friends that you, you could rely die. on exactly yeah, you know yeah. and then, I mean same applies for women you know and girls but at the same time like the fact that this movie is about like guys and yeah the bromance you know what i mean like it's really cool and the fact that you see them in that early 20 college years age you know because yeah. that's where yeah that's where everybody kind of the, tends to yeah like, it's where like a lot of the adulthood of yeah, yeah because like for me a lot of friends started like moving out of town and yeah. they would get married or mm-hmm. you know having kids or yeah. you know and it all happens yeah. like or they go to college somewhere else yeah. and you only see them when they visit you know what i mean yeah. and it kind of changes from that high school dynamics where going back to like american pie it was like oh well that's them in high school there there's a bunch of high school you know, um, movies, but there's not a lot of movies about that next phase, you know? Right, right, And that's what I appreciated about this one, you know what I mean? Because it's like that next phase of them getting into adulthood, but But still trying to be... Yeah, and I think, I really think that these guys really, like, still kept in touch for sure. Well, they did, in real life, they did. Yeah, exactly. And, um... I really, really like the movie. So come on, let's get into the... Rating. Oh, yeah. Okay. So... Let's I'm just, really interested let's to just know how much Kevin Bacon's worth. <laughs> of the six actors. Mickey Rourke, Kevin Bacon, Daniel Stern. I can Mickey Rourke make the lot Tim Daly, Paul Reiser, and Steve Gutenberg. Who do you think made or has the most money... Or the celebrity net worth of those six? Kevin Bacon. You will be mistaken. Oh, okay. Let he's me get number a second. two. Really? He's number two? Don't tell me fucking Mickey Rourke, bro. No. Oh. Steve Gutenberg? For real? No. No mommy's way. Paul Reisner? Paul Reiser is net worth is seventy five million dollars. Oh my god! Why is that? I don't see him in any movies or. I don't know. Probably stand up like, maybe. He, I mean, charity. He did Mad he About You, a, which is a syndicate. He, yeah, it's a syndicate. And then he you gets also credit for all had and he was in he Stranger Things, which is one of the biggest TV yeah, shows that's true. of the past 
you know, decade. Yeah. On top of stand-up, and he's, you Does know, he do voiceovers? Does he do animation? He probably does, you know, I don't know. But wow, 75 million. You he probably does real Paul? estate, I don't know, but he's fucking Paul Razor, 75, 75 million dollars. 75 million dollars, he's more than Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon is, you want to guess? Uh, if he's less than 75, I'd say 60. 45 million dollars. Come on, Kevin, what the fuck? Stop I mean, giving that shit away. <laughs> all right, and then... He's a philanthropist. Who do you think would be next? Mm, I would say Steve. Daniel Stern at twenty million. Nice. Say, hey, give him those Home Alone credits, man. Yeah. And then after that is Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, Steve Gutenberg. At twelve million. Twelve. Nice. Mickey Rourke. Ten. Million. Yeah, he's lucky to have that these days. Yeah. I don't know. He comes out in some weird stuff. Like well, he has like. And- well. I would argue that that was like a resurg- resurgence of yeah, his career. Him. Yeah. Because he was just living there in, you know, obscurity for a while. He was in Man on Fire. Yeah. But it was really the wrestler that kind of lifted him up back to yeah, the Yeah, and then he got like the, the Iron Man the 2, living. you know, yeah. and kind of was came, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of came back up okay, there. Okay, okay. But yeah, man, as far as like his appearance, though, I think that's probably why he doesn't get a lot more work. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> you didn't happen to get Alan Birkin's net worth, did you? I didn't, no. Ah, damn. Because it would be less, because women always get shafted yeah. in Hollywood. Okay, so Mickey Rourke at $10 million, and then Tim Daly, Billy, in the movie, is worth uh, $4 million. So these are all millionaires. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Tim Daly hasn't gotten a lot of roles lately. Um, he comes out in a few fucking um, series, you know. Yeah, but at the same time, four million is still four million. Fuck yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Fucking mega millions worth seven. What? Four, I don't even know. <laughs> but, but I got three tickets for it. So hey, if I wake up a millionaire Monday... Uh, no, Tuesday, because uh, the drawings on Monday. I love watching cabrones. <laughs> I'm going to travel. Last podcast. Last podcast, ways. <laughs> Next time we speak, it'll be in the studio. Fucking <laughs> <Looking> built in. <laughs> right. The fucking Mickey Rourke live in fucking studio. Well, that's right. right. I could probably fucking pay the bitch to come and talk. Oh, yeah. Oh, about this sure. movie. <laughs> All right, well, how would you rate this movie? This one, I really liked it. I'm going to rate it a three because um, I really like the soundtrack. It had Chuck Berry, Jerry Lee Jones. I mean, Jerry Lee. <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis. Yes. Man, those crawlers are going down good, bro. Anyway, Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> Anyway, I really like the soundtrack. I love that 50s nostalgia. You know, I love the fucking diner. You know what tripped me out about the diner, though? When they were sitting on the fucking booths, how they all had coat racks. Like, right there. Oh, yeah. That was cool, though. Because but it's like hey, the style, they're all like, shit. they're all wearing suits and stuff. Yeah, and- yeah. And so the coat racks, the fucking... They're right on the poles, right yeah, next yeah. to the booths. Yeah, yeah. So everybody would just get up and get their coat. Well, it's probably cold as fuck. It was winter. It's New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah, but it was just so it fucking. But that's probably how it was like. Texas, bro. It's hot as fuck. <laughs> we don't believe in no coat rags. Does it fucking <laughs> snow here? 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, well, that being said, make sure you go out there and support your local diners. Yes, please. And Homegrown. Exactly. Uh, speaking of that, I went to Bonnie's Cafe, which has that whole 50s vibe to oh it. Oh my God, I haven't been to Bonnie's in over 10 years. Really good. With that being said, guys, we appreciate you listening to this episode. Thank yes, you very thank much. You. And uh, we're almost done with this season. Wow. Next up is going to be Mean Girls. Yes. And uh, look Maybe us, we'll have a special guest for that. Yes. Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we will see you guys later. Don't ask me this anymore, Mom. Yes. Want to finish that? Yeah, I'm going to finish it. Pay for him. Am I going to give it to you? No. If you're not going to finish it, I would eat it. But if you're going to eat it, you're What do you want? Say the words. No, it's good. You're going to eat it. You eat it. That's all right. Say the words. I want the roast beef sandwich. Say the words and I'll give you a piece. Would you guys cut this out? I mean, every time. Anything. Well, if he doesn't talk, he just... He, well, you know what he means, right? Yeah, I know what he means, but he beats around the bush. He beats around the bush. If he'd say the words, I'd give him a piece. If I wanted it, but I, wouldn't I ask you? No, then ask. You know you just want... let it go. You know he wants You're it. Annoying. I'm annoying. I'm annoying. I'm trying to eat a meal by myself. If you want to give him the sandwich, give him the sandwich. If you don't want to give him the sandwich, don't. I don't want to give him the Well, then just eat the sandwich. Then Shut up. Well, look at his eyes. I ask one simple question. You get. It. You know what your problem is? You don't chew your food. That's why you get so irritable. It's, it, it lumps. You have like roast beef in your heart. It just stays there. Oh, Modell, you're really, really getting me mad now. You, my blood is boiling. You don't like it. I'll take the sandwich. No, don't. Fine, I'll take the sandwich. See, see what you do every day. What are you blaming me? You took your sandwich. I'm sitting here. I'm having a cup you of coffee. This? That's it. No, no, no. The, no, 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 no. I do. I can't believe you're eating this. You know, you two play against me. That's what the problem is. You're both on each other's side.